Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to episode number 468 of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and as always, I'm really glad you're here. Welcome to Friday. Today on the show is Bonnie Gray. She released a book in the last year called Sweet Like Jasmine. And you guys, it's a memoir. And if you want to know something about me, it is that I love a good memoir. I really do. It's like one of my favorite genres of books to read. In this book, Bonnie recounts the journey to make peace with her past, which who has not had to do that. And if you haven't, you're going to be encouraged today to kind of go through that. Bonnie's the American daughter of a mail order bride and a bus boy working in San Francisco's Chinatown. She never felt like she actually belonged. She spent her childhood never feeling truly seen, loved, or beautiful. Then at 39, she found a birth certificate in an old file cabinet. And we talk about that today. And it took her on a journey of rediscovering her past. You guys are going to find something in the show just for you. I know it because even though that's not my story in particular, I was moved by listening to Bonnie talk about her story and I was encouraged. In fact, a lot of what Bonnie's doing is what I talk about in a previous book that I released. And in fact, if you go to my Instagram today, we're doing a giveaway for both of our books because we find them both to be useful in encouraging women to really own their stories because they can find beauty in the brokenness. And we're both pushing towards that. So great message today. You guys, Valentine's Day is next Monday. It's right around the corner. And whether you love the holiday or hate the holiday, it is sometimes fun to get gifts for your friends. We have a whole blog over on jamieivy.com blog about what we think you can get your girlfriends for Valentine's Day. There's also information for other people in your life as well. But go check that out. There are some that you could get a gift certificate or something last minute. So check that out. Or let's be honest, maybe you'll find something for yourself. Who knows? JamieIvy.com slash blog. And listen, if you're thinking, Jamie, I'd love to get you something for Valentine's Day, which I imagine none of you were thinking that. But Let me tell you, if you want to send some love to your favorite podcaster, me and all the other shows you listen to, you know what we would love most from you is a rating, a review, a comment, a share, all the things that help more people know about our show. You can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. And I would be so very appreciative of that. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Bonnie Gray. Bonnie, welcome to the happy hour. I'm so excited to spend some time, have a virtual cup of coffee with you. I love it. Virtual cup of coffees, we used to like kind of joke about them and now it feels like a very much real thing because of the life that we've been living. And I am so happy to have you here. So give my listeners an overview of who Bonnie is. Well, I am a daughter of a male order bride from Hong Kong. We're going to come back to that in just a minute and you can explain that more or you can explain it more now. No, I think that's just a new way of introducing myself in the past. You know, I would say I start off as a blogger. I'm an author of three books and I'm also a podcaster for Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. This all came out of my journey 
to get better because I had anxiety and panic attacks. And so as I learned how to take care of myself better, it just became this accidental journey of sharing my story and also what has helped me to encourage others. So in the past, I would just talk about what I've done, but now I realize, you know, where my story started and who I really am, the parts of my story that I kind of have hidden. It's important to share that with others. So. You know, it's interesting. I'm listening to a book right now. In fact, I pulled it up because I wanted to mention it when I knew I was talking to you and it's called What Happened to You? Conversations on Trauma, Resilience and Healing. I don't know if you read it. It's by Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. And it's a really great listen. They make the audio book really, really like accessible and interesting. You feel like you're there. But this is what they're talking about is like, instead of saying like, what's wrong with you? It's what happened to you. And you kind of went on this journey yourself of figuring yes. out what happened to you. And because of that journey, you've had so much healing. I too believe in like really finding the truth in our stories because we find freedom and healing there and we help other people. So I want you to tell us, you can tell it through narrative of what you actually did, but I want to talk about how much healing there was for you when you actually had to go back and investigate what did happen to me? Like, what are the parts of my story that are hard and scary? And so can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think that once I became a mom, I breathed a sigh of relief. I thought, okay, I survived my childhood. Okay, good. Now I'm going to start over fresh. I have two boys. I just had my baby, Caleb. I named them Josh and Caleb after the two spies that went into the promised land because I wanted to just kind of start new and to remind myself I'm writing a new story of faith. But it's interesting because when I had that second baby, I needed to enroll my first child into preschool. I was looking for his birth certificate, you know, to sign him up. Mm -hmm. I stumbled on my own. And so I don't know about you, Jamie, but I never really looked at my birth certificate. Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked at your birth certificate or studied it? I mean, I want to say weirdly, I don't feel like I've ever needed to. And so no, you know, exactly. Yeah. So it's like a good metaphor because I just really didn't want to look back. Like what's the purpose? So prior to this journey of like looking back in my past and kind of healing from it, I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't see any need for it. I already survived it. Why go back and relive it? But as I stumbled on that birth certificate, God used something that was interesting, curiosity. Mm. I noticed again, and remembered that my mother was 18 years old. I noticed that this hospital I was born in was called Chinese hospital in San Francisco, Chinatown. I was like, why is this hospital named Chinese hospital? In fact, it's the only hospital in America that's named after an ethnicity. And then what got me more curious is I looked at where that home address was. It's on the same street as the hospital. And suddenly I realized it dawned on me because it also said father and it had my father's name. My father left us and left me, Jamie, when I was seven years old Mm. and he never came back. He never wrote me a letter. I would check on my birthday every year. Maybe he's going to send me a birthday card. And I kept that hope alive until I was, you know, 18 at my high school graduation. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of like an after school movie special. Maybe the stranger will come and, you know, after the crowds have dispersed and he'll say, Bonnie, I'm your father. Because, you know, my mom, she was a very emotionally, a verbally abusive mom. It's hard for me to even say this because it seems almost like more acceptable or easier to say, well, you know, we have father wounds, but it's hard in our Christian culture to say, you know what? My mom was not very loving. So anyways, I thought, oh, maybe he'd tell me your mom kept me away from you, but no such thing ever happened, Jamie. He Mm -hmm. never came back for me. So once I went to college, I said, you know what? That's just so childish. 
Who cares about him? He didn't care about me. I have God. That's good enough. I don't need anybody else. You know, that was kind of my internal vow. Um, But it's almost like it was a protective mechanism as well. Like you're going to protect yourself. Like he can't hurt me anymore. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all relate to those moments where something happened or someone happened. We're just, you know what? I don't need this person. I don't need this opportunity. I don't need this friendship. I don't need this, you know, fill in the blank. And we just go like, I'm never going to think about it. But as I held that birth certificate, you know, with the baby there about to expire, I thought, oh my gosh, one day my kids are going to ask me, where is mm-hmm. grandpa? Mm-hmm. And I realized I wouldn't know what to tell them. And it was in that moment, I realized I do not want my children growing up with the shame that I carried, which was no story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Even the friends when I grew up that were from divorced families, maybe they still saw their dad every other weekend or however it is. Like I had no story. It's almost like I was like this blank slate and I kind of, you know, hid parts of who I was because I actually didn't know. So I decided Mm -hmm. I don't want my kids to be like that good, bad or ugly. I need to find out where is he? Where did he go? Why did he leave? And because I'm Chinese American, I know that my kids, they're half, half, (laughs) meaning my -hmm. husband's Caucasian and I'm, you know, Chinese American. They're going to ask like, when did we come to America? Like even that I didn't know. And so I thought I need to find him. When did we come to America? Why did he come to America? So at first it was kind of like interesting curiosity. And I thought I was doing it for my children, but it turns Mm. out God really wanted me to do it for myself. Mm. And so I stumbled on all these different memories. I had to go against a family taboo in my family. Our family culture and everyone has their own was don't talk about anything that's sad or not helpful. If it's not helpful to anybody, it doesn't like add to the positive energy of the room. Just be quiet. Keep it to Mm. yourself. So let me give you an example of that. Since you said it's okay for me to tell a little story. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I remember clearly the morning my dad left. So I rubbed the sleep off my eyes. I, you know, walked around barefoot and on the house. And I noticed my dad's suitcases are packed at the door. And I walked out to the living room. We lived in a very small 800 square foot duplex. So I could see right when I stepped out of my bedroom, that suitcases were there. And then they were arguing at the screen door, like always. Okay. I grew up in this kind of home where it's always arguing and except this time he's leaving. And then last image I have of my father, Jamie, was him tire screeching off the driveway in his olive green Nova. And I didn't mm. know why or what happened. So I said, Ama, that's Chinese for mom. Ama, where's Papa going? What's happening? She said, get over here. And she started pulling out all our family photo albums from like the coffee table. And she started pulling all his photos and cutting them up with her scissors. And she's like, take out all the photos of that man, cut him up. And as I was cutting the images up, he's like, make Mm. sure you cut up his face. That is the kind of mom that I grew up with, Jamie. And I tried to hide one last photo of him because I know they're all like disappearing, like weeds under a lawnmower. And she said, what are you trying to do? I said, I'm not in this photo. You're not in this photo. Can we just keep one? Why? Why do you want to keep one? Oh, you like him so much? Okay, fine. She drags me by my shirt collar over to the phone. This is back in the day when we used to have those you know, mm-hmm. phones on the wall. She said, go pack your bags. You go live with him. You like him so much? Go ahead. You're not wanted here. Right then and there, Jamie, I stopped crying. I wiped the tears off my eyes. And suddenly I said, it's okay, mom. 
Ama, I don't have to know. I don't want to leave. Please, no, no. I, I don't want to leave. No, I don't want to leave. I, I won't ask anymore. And that is kind of like a moment that was like a vow to myself. Mm. Look, there's no need to know. He's not here. And I think I kind of carry that into my faith. Like, okay, if there's anything I don't understand, okay, God, I just won't ask. I won't talk about it when I pray. I'm not going to like bring up all this stuff. Why bring it up? I can't change. But over the years, those kind of things added up. And I didn't know mm-hmm. that actually they stayed inside me. So I thought that I was pleasing God by bringing my best self to him. Mm-hmm. And so as I went on this journey, as you know, the story goes along, I actually started experiencing anxiety and panic attacks because one of the taboos in our family, my mother said, do not ever go find your father. If you go try to find him, then don't come back. Don't talk to me. You're not my daughter. Mm. So I had to kind of overcome and say to myself, okay, what does God want me to do? Yeah. Who am I? Am I my mother's daughter or am I my heavenly father's daughter? Mm-hmm. And that applies not just in, you know, for listeners that, you know, have a loving mother, have a loving father. Yeah. This kind of question we can ask is who do we belong to? Mm-hmm. This is a question we all connect and relate to. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No matter what you have come from or where you have been or what has happened to you or what you have endured, that is a question that we're asking. So you find the birth certificate and you are seeing information that you've never seen before. And even as you're saying this, I'm like, I don't know the name of the hospital I was born in. I mean, I know what city I was born in, but I don't know the name of the hospital. And then you journey back. And then what did that look like for you on the journey of going to find your father? Well, it's interesting because I started remembering because I went back to Chinatown. Mm. Once I got married, it's almost like I was kind of relieved. I mean, I wasn't trying to marry somebody that wasn't Asian. I got married later in my 30s and I was really active in ministry, meaning like that was the way I found my family because my Mm. mom was a mail order bride, right? Meaning we didn't have any family here. And usually people that kind of have brokenness, they don't really connect well with people. So I kind of grew up in this vacuum, but by God's grace, my church was my family. Just like you right now, Jamie, it's like, I just love this. Like why in the whole wide world? Why are we talking? It's like, this proves God is real. We're connected with our stories. I know having read your book, you have your stories. And that's what we're mm-hmm. trying to share that every woman's story is important. Anyhow, sorry, <laughs> you're asking me. I, yes. Amen. Yeah, amen. Exactly. Um, what happened was, um, you know, I started going back to Chinatown. I never went back after I got married. And so it's interesting that when we physically take action and do something, God uses those moments to prompt us Mm -hmm. to remember something. And the things I remembered started out very painful. I would imagine. But as I went and walked through them with God, I didn't realize this would happen is that he started showing me and I started hearing something new about those painful periods that I went Mm. through. So, you know, when we first go through trauma, whether it's emotional, verbal, or physical, or we're in some kind of crisis with our health, with our job in relationship, or even with our faith or serving in church, whatever it is that traumatized us, we're in that survival mode, meaning God gives us naturally the survival ability to just compartmentalize it and just move on. And that's good. Mm -hmm. Faith can help us be strong. But I didn't know until I went on this journey that faith is also used to help us to walk through the valleys. And it might Mm -hmm. be that second time then we can hear what is God trying to show me about myself that I've just kind of covered up and hurried up to get through it 
but God saying, you know what? I'm still back here with you. There's something I want to show you that's true and beautiful about you that you didn't know was true about yourself. And so I thought that my faith was used mainly for those mountaintop experiences, like go up, march up onward. Mm -hmm. And God was saying, no, I'm the God of the Valley. This is where I'm calling you, Nobani. I want you to go back with me into the Valley. And I was like, why? This was Mm -hmm. the question I asked my therapist. I was a missionary in my twenties. I kind of went through what I call the cookie cutter life of trying to find my identity. Mm -hmm. It was a good thing. It's not that I was fake, but I wanted to find belonging. I wanted that cozy feeling you get when you're with others and you feel like people understand you and you understand others. And so for me, that one place initially in my story was serving, encouraging others, helping others, being positive, being cheerful. But once I started feeling my own pain, my anxiety, my panic attacks and depression, I felt a sense of secret shame. Mm -hmm. So what was once called my private life with God actually was my lonely life with God. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're talking about this because we just released a couple of weeks before this interview is airing a series called If You Only Knew, and it's based off a book I wrote years ago. And it's where people are saying, hey, like if you knew what I'd been through, would you think differently about me? That's the whole premise. And how you're saying, and I'm saying in my life as well, like, hey, what if we bring our brokenness and we say, I'm going to actually find beauty within this somehow. You've done that. You're talking about it right now. Yes. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. You mentioned earlier, and I want to go back to that real quick. You talked about um, anxiety and depression, mental health, that that became a struggle for you. And that, I mean, the statistics show and the world shows the percentage of people that are struggling with their mental health today is higher than it's ever been. I would love for you to talk to the listener and encourage them. Finding beauty and brokenness feels real scary when you don't feel like you have that secure identity. And when you don't feel beauty, you feel brokenness. And looking for the beauty in there feels impossible. I think for some people, it also feels like God is playing a cruel, sick joke on them. You know, like you want me to find beauty within this? What kind of God are you? What was that journey for you as you went back, as you're looking back, and as you're even like in your 20s dealing with, am I just trying to look like everyone else and hide this private stuff? And when you started allowing your story, to be shared. How did you see God in the midst of that and find beauty in there? Wow. Oh my gosh. It's such a good conversation. It's such a good time. Well, you know, I actually was always seeking the beauty, whether it's like my school life, my work life, my ministry life, being with others, friends. It's like, let me just focus on the beauty, focus on the beauty, joy, 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 you know? And actually I would not choose brokenness. I mean, that's the whole point, you know, previously in scripture, when it said apostle Paul says, I'm striving towards the head, forgetting the past, mm-hmm. striving ahead. I mean, that was like my model, you know, forgetting the past, forgetting yeah. the past, <laughs> strive towards the heads. Yes, yes, yes. I want whatever's new, but I didn't realize that when I double clicked on that verse, forgetting the past, The apostle Paul was talking about forgetting his identity in the past, which was focused on what he did Mm -hmm. and not who he was. Forgetting the past wasn't meaning like erase the past. So faith is not an eraser for past. Faith gives us the ability to go into our past, to rewrite it with God. So as to what happened, I love to tell this story because everybody can kind of apply it to themselves. I was very secretive when I went to find a therapist. I tried my whole hardest through the whole kitchen sink at it. By this time, I was 42 because I got married in my 30s later in life. I fell in love, but I finally had the kids. I was telling you, I was like, okay, as fast, finally, it's uh, time to start new. (laughs) And I prayed really hard. I memorized scripture, everything I ever knew. Okay. I went on prayer walks. I doubled up on Bible scripture. Every, Every two hours, I would wake up choking. My throat would narrow. My Mm. heart would palpitate like a jackhammer. Sweat would just pour from head to toe. I'm sleeping. I'm not worried, Jamie. I was like keeping notebooks of telling myself the truth. Here are the lies. You know, just filling it all up with what I had known. Yes. But every two hours I would wake up 
with this pounding heart. When I woke up in the morning, my brain was in a fog. I couldn't think. And it started happening when I was driving. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I got so scared because I went to the doctors. All my tests came out positive. And so I started telling myself, okay, look, you can do this, Bonnie. You know, it'll get better. And it didn't get better. And that frightened me because that meant maybe something was mentally wrong with me. I mean, this is how I felt. That was worse to me than like finding some like illness I had. Like if I had an illness, I felt like, okay, let's figure it out. Let's see the doctors. But I was like, oh my gosh. So when I found this therapist, I went to the top guy. He's the founder of this Christian therapist center. I went to him first because I thought, okay, he oversees a hundred different therapists. Help me figure out like who to see and let's just get this thing done. And nobody ever will know about it. And within just a minute of explaining my symptoms, which was, I have no idea what's causing my panic attacks and depression because I'm happily married now. I already worked. I had a career in Silicon Valley. I'd been single for like, you know, up until my 30. So, you know, I, I'm not worried about money as yeah. of right now. And I'm serving. I started listing all these things. I'm serving. I'm active, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, Bonnie, this is a classic case of PTSD. And I was like, I'm not a soldier. Mm-hmm. I've never been physically like fighting anything. And he said, but did you know that emotional abuse and verbal abuse has the same impact as physical abuse? And I didn't know that, Jamie. I was still in denial. I was like, but why is it happening now? Everything's going great. And I've been through harder times before. And he said, well, did you know that a soldier when he's fighting on the battlefield is strong, resilient, resourceful, helping others, leadership qualities everywhere. But when does he start experiencing anxiety and panic attacks? I'll ask you just for rhetorical effect. When he's home later. Yes. When he's coming home. Or she, we should say he or she. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Thank you. He or she. So at that time, actually, I just gotten my contract, first book contract. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I don't understand. What do you mean coming home? And he's like, well, because you're safe. You're mm-hmm. finally safe. So now your body, the way God created your nervous system, it protects you so that when you're going through the hard times, you don't feel it at all. So what you're feeling now, is not you now, the Bonnie now. <laughs> it's who you were previously that you couldn't feel it. Now you can feel it. So I said, okay, well, well, how long is this going to take? You're like, how do we fix this? <laughs> yes. Can we double up on therapy? Like I have a book to write. I can't write or I can't sleep. He's like, oh well, no, healing's not like that. We're going to you know, have to go back on this journey to look at those moments so that you can process them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, God. And I said, well, what about prayer and faith as a Christian counselor? He's like, well, Bonnie, you don't understand. Your faith is strong. That's why you're experiencing now. You did good, girl. You survived the hard times. Now it's time for you. Mm. Now use your faith in a different way. And I love to share that story because friends who are listening, you're going through experiencing panic attack, anxiety, depression. It's not because your faith is failing you. It's because your faith is strong, Mm. because you have been strong. You have survived. And so now it's time to take care of you. It's time for you to receive the love and care that you give out to so many people in your life. And it's time for you. You're worthy of your story. You know how you're such a good listener. You're so comforting. You're there for your friends. You're there for others. You need to be there for yourself now. 
And I know that that was very hard for me because you know, you talked about Jamie, that question about like, what would other people think about me? Mm -hmm. Would they still like me if they knew me Mm -hmm. and the things I went through? I actually have to say at the beginning of the journey, I would say, I know, I don't think people would like Mm. me. I don't think people would want to spend time with me. I don't think I have much to offer anybody because that part of me that hurt and who's wounded doesn't really have anything encouraging to say. I only have tears. I only have grief. I only have brokenness. So no, I don't think anybody would want to spend time with me. But here's the beautiful thing. I realized I never want to lose those parts of my brokenness, Jamie, because as I started sharing my story, little by little with my friends and with my readers, I realized I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. I realized that that's actually what brings me close to others and others can really be with me and I can be with them. And I have to tell you, Jamie, there's friends I knew for decades. When I shared about my sexual assault, I was date raped my freshman year. And he was a Bible study leader. I knew the whole year I didn't have a boyfriend in high school. And I thought, oh gosh, I finally get to date in college. And I was, you know, doing all the right things. And it was somebody I didn't expect. And it was our first date. And he said, Hey, let's stop by my house. I just need to pick up some mail. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? I said, sure. So we went there and then he said, Oh, just wait from here in the living room. And he came back with the mail and he just sat next to me and put his arm around me and, you know, gave me a kiss. And I thought, Oh, wow. I didn't know it was happening now. I never even had a kiss before but it was more than a kiss. Mm. And, you know, I think we find ourselves in situations that we didn't choose for ourselves, but they happen to us. Girls that have full of faith, that are full of God's word, that are doing all the right things, bad things still happen Mm -hmm. to us. And so I didn't realize until when I started sharing, you know, many other things that I shared in the book, Mm -hmm. the journey, as I rediscovered with my friends, they started sharing with me their stories, Jamie, and I didn't know. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing how when we are vulnerable and not just vulnerable for the sake of vulnerability. I always say like, yes, that's a big buzzword and culture can really be like, just be vulnerable with everyone. But I really believe in this vulnerability that brings us closer together as the body of Christ. So that when you tell your story right now about sexual assault, although that's never happened to me, I definitely have had things happen to me that I didn't ask for. And I can say me too. Like I know what that feels like. And I remember I tell the story often the first time I, it's, you know, I was going to ask you about this because you end all your chapters with letters to your younger self. And I wrote a blog series, I mean, years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and it was letters to my younger self. And it was fun to write. And some of them were funny, but some of them were serious. And I wrote in one of those blog posts about talking to myself about being pregnant before I was married. I was pregnant twice in college, lost both babies to miscarriage. And I wrote that story online. It was the first time I ever said it publicly. I was very scared. Now, my people in my life, my close girlfriends knew, but sharing that story publicly for the first time was very, very scary. My husband's a pastor. What are people going to think about me? I teach Sunday school at church and I am on this you know, ministry board and I serve at the local high school with teen mom. Like, are they going to think I'm worthy to do these things? A lot of what you just said. And I shared that letter to my younger self and a woman from my church emailed me and she said, I've never told anyone that I had an abortion in college. It makes me cry because she said, my husband doesn't even know. And what my strength of going first did was it told her she too could be strong and she too could bring that vulnerability, not just to me, but before the Lord, to her husband, to her community. And I think you would agree with me. It's not about let's lay all of our sins out and let everyone see into our life. It's this belonging of saying, hey, we're in this together and you know, me too. And so I love that, that you did that in your book of letters to your younger self. Why was that important for you? 
So that's actually how I processed when I was going through these different memories that started surfacing. I was sharing with you a little early when you asked me, what was that journey of healing? It wasn't my choice. My body was telling me Mm. I need to pursue healing. So there are listeners now that are hearing this and it's touching their heart. Your body is telling you, you can still be highly functional. I mean, I was still like you, I was like Bible study leader in my church, leading, you know, 30 singles ministry. I'm like online, I'm an author, blogger, blah, blah, blah. You know what? We can do a lot. We're very resilient, but God said, love me with your heart, mind, soul, and body. And sometimes God tries to reach our soul where our emotions are and our stories live through our body. Mm. It's kind of like the last line of defense. Mm-hmm. God saying, okay, you know, I love you. It's not that I don't want to heal you, you know, because I always ask God, why don't you just give me a miracle? Why can't you just like do the ask and receive? Just, you know, release this anxiety from me. And God's like, I just want something more beautiful for you, Bonnie. I don't want you to be alone. Mm. So because I've always written, like journaling was my safe place. When I was growing up, I didn't have to be good at it. I didn't even, you know, like I didn't think about it. I just did it. And it was my safe place where I could be who I am. Nobody can tell me what to think or feel. So I just poured it out in the journal. So when I was going through these memories as they were surfacing through the help of the therapist, I started writing letters to my younger Mm. self. Mm -hmm. So I had seen your letters. I was like, I think this is what's beautiful is that when we put in that internal work, And it's a loving work. Mm -hmm. It's a loving kindness we can give ourselves. And then that's why I think you could then share that, right? Because you've done that work with God. So it's not like, oh, you know, I'm just like, you know, laying all my sins out there. Uh Like, this is me. No, it's like. And I always say too, like, I just said this publicly. I've said it publicly many times before. I've said it from stage. I've said it on books. But I didn't say that publicly for the first time that it ever came out of my mouth. I had journeyed through that with community. I had worked through that with the Lord. My husband was on that journey with me. And so I always want to say that when they hear two public people talking about maybe a struggle they've been through. Because I always like to say as well, there's many struggles I'm enduring right now that people on my podcast are not hearing about, but my girls are, you know, my community is because we're walking through it together. One of the things that I really love that you're offering your readers on your blog is you and I have talked back and forth about how we've journeyed through our own stories. You have yours and this book that you've written is absolutely beautiful, this memoir. And so I love that you're doing that. I've talked about mine and you actually have an opportunity on your blog for people to kind of get a guide to do that themselves. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. It's called stories of faith. So these are the questions I ask myself that prompted all these letters to myself. And so I wanted to give that to the readers because the purpose of telling my stories is not to say, Hey, here's Bonnie and look what she's went through. It's just kind of you and I virtually sitting down with our friends here. Right. Because I mean, that's where my first friends were books. I mean, that's how I felt like, you know, I could be understood is when I heard somebody else's life. So these are the questions. There's 28 questions that I asked myself and responding to those in my journal, every person will have their stories of faith and it is their legacy. I realized at the end of this journey, because I went back to find that father. And by the end of it, I realized my legacy to my faith is not a perfect life or a perfect story. My legacy to my children is my stories of faith. Mm. And so where there is brokenness, then there is beauty because the beauty part is that God was in it. Mm. The beauty part is that God loved me in it and he sent others into my life. And I love what you said is that we want to share that with real in-person people and that's going to empower us to then share with others. Yeah. 
I love that. It's almost like in Hebrews, when it's talking about the hall of faith, I mean, all those people have brokenness within their stories, but the scriptures really hold and esteem them for their faith that they had. And it includes all that, which is like your story and mine. Yes. And I call it the superpower. That is really, truly our superpower right now in our day and age with this pandemic. No one can run away. Mm-hmm. Their bodies are telling them they're stressed, they're depressed. It doesn't have to be childhood trauma. It's like trauma is just everything we're yep. going through. Yes. Everything that we've ever you know, had as an outlet for stress is stripped from us. So right now, this is our superpower is sharing our stories, listening to others. And, you know, I had friends who couldn't handle my stories mm. and they wanted to give me advice. And a lot of my stories, not about sexual assault is that one chapter, but it's really about toxic relationships and mm-hmm. also following your own path. Because I basically was drawn to follow whatever path people seem to put in front of me expectations. And I didn't realize I had my own path, but mm. it's about finding your own path. And so each of us has that superpower to share and listening. I didn't know until I went through this journey actually has a superpower to heal. That is the cure to loneliness is to be able to share your stories, have somebody invite them to say, Hey, you're welcome. I'm here. I can listen. I'm not going to try to fix you. And in fact, I'll share some of my stories with you. So stories of faith. And I offer that at sweetlikejasmine.com. We'll put that in the show notes for you guys as well. If you are driving or running or doing dishes or changing a baby's diaper while you listen, uh, you can find that at uh, jamieivy.com slash HH468 for this episode, but you can find that at sweetlikejasmine.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. I would love to hear, Bonnie, what you're loving and what you're reading these days. Okay. So one of the things that I'm reading right now is I love Henry Nowen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So his book is called Following Jesus finding our way home in an age of anxiety, Mm. following Jesus. So I love this verse in Revelations and it's really, you know, part of like my echo this past few years is return to your first love, Mm. return to your first love. That's what Jesus said. And so that's just like this beautiful echo. I see it like as a lighthouse. I'm in the storm. There are a lot of different coral and rocky. And it's like, I feel tossed and I really don't, not sure what my direction is, but I know the lighthouse that Mm. echo is his voice. And so I'm trying to find new ways to follow Jesus. So that's book Henry Nowen. Another thing that I'm loving is the pray as you go podcast. It's my daily meditation prayer podcast. It's just 10 minutes. It's very quiet. And so I listen to that when I begin my walk and it's out of there, it has scripture and prayer prompts. And then from there, that's kind of flows into, you know, what I receive and encouragement and inspires me to just spend time with God. I like that podcast Oh, do you listen to it? Yeah, I do. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I also want to tell you, have you read anything by Anne Lamont ever? 
Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. So when you were talking about the lighthouse and like finding that and knowing that she has this quote in her book that's on bird by bird that says lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. And I think about that when you're just talking about that, about how like lighthouses, that's their job is they just shine and they tell you where to go. And that reminded me of what you're talking about with Henry now. I love that's one of my favorite quotes from that book. And I just loved it so much. I do love that. I read a lot of nonfiction, but I like to uh, watch movies that inspire me. So, oh, what is recent one? Okay. I'm actually working on a new book, but whenever I write, I like to, as I begin my writing process, I like to watch movies that really inspire me. And this is a movie that's not that well-known, but it's so gorgeous. It's called I Am David. And it's a movie about a journey of a boy who tries to find his story and himself. And it's a beautiful book about that journey. And then it's shown in movie format. And so I just love really like beautiful cinematography and really good dialogue that's like reads like a book. So I always like to watch that. It's very quiet. It goes through the different places in Europe. And so it's it's very inspiring. And then I'm also re- uh, watching a Netflix documentary called Giving Voice. Okay. What is that? Yeah, it's by August Wilson. He's a playwright and it's just about young people that are trying to find their voice. And I feel like, you know, there's a young person in all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus says we're to be like a child entering God's kingdom, experiencing his kingdom. And so I like to watch documentaries that are about (laughs) people that are trying to find their voice in their youth, because I think that's the journey that we're all on. Soren Kierkegaard, I love this quote. He says, with God's help, I will become myself. He's a theologian philosopher. He says, with God's help, I will become myself. And so I love spending time with people that are you know, on the journey to mm-hmm. find their voice. Have you read The Body Keeps the Score? I have heard about it. I've heard about it a lot so. too and haven't read it, but I want to, but Mm-mm. it was reminding me a lot when you were talking about that. But I told you the book I'm reading, What Happened to Me, I highly recommend it for you because they talk, the chapter I just listened to was about PTSD and they went over everything you just said, which is like oh. your body. And I'm not saying they're not Christians. It's not a faith-based book and they're not talking about anything, but they're very much aware of like how God created our brain to keep us safe in those moments. And you talk about yes. the soldier, they had to be safe then or else it would have cost them their life. But then yes. coming home, it's then when you're like, oh, now I have to deal with what happened. And so I highly recommend that book. I'm going to talk about it for a while. Bonnie, before we go real quick, I want to say this. People are listening to the show because they like podcasts. You're a podcaster and we're in the month of February. What do you have going on in your podcast right now? Yeah. So it's interesting you talk about, you know, the body and the brain, because that's actually what freed me from the shame. After Mm -hmm. the therapist explained to me what physiologically happens to us in trauma, I realized, okay, wait a minute. If I have the flu, if I'm sick, I'm going to take care of myself. Why would I be embarrassed? I'm like, that's right. I just started this journey of learning more about how God made our bodies. Mm -hmm. How does it respond to stress? And then what are some of the things we can signal our bodies first to let our bodies know and our emotions? you're okay. So how can we release serotonin? How can we release dopamine? How can we lower cortisol? That's the stress hormone. So that became my podcast, Breathe the Stress Less Podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I love mentioning this because this one's amazing. I go to Trader Joe's a lot. And prior to this journey of soul care and healing, I never buy flowers for myself. And now I'm always the kind of girl that like picks up flowers and buy them for my friends. I'm the kind of girl that will drop them off at a friend's doorstep and go like, oh my gosh, what should yeah. see you and look for their text. I never bought flowers for myself. I'm like, I can buy a gallon of milk. I can buy butter. I can buy orange chicken with this, you know. But after I read the study, because I had to help my body feel better because, you know, I know you understand this, Jamie, you've also been on the healing journey of anxiety. It takes 
a while for your body to learn it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So one of the studies that I started finding and that my breathe podcast talks about God's word of affirmation first, second, I'll give you a soul care tip. That's practical based on things that has helped me help my body feel better. Well, studies show that women that put flowers in their kitchen, and it's the first thing they see in the morning, they have better mood and better hormones and lower cortisol later in the day than women who do not. Wow. Okay. This is a game changer because something about the way God created our eyes, the retina in our eyeballs, when it looks at a flower, you literally, your body exhales, your body relaxes. And so then I paired that with, you know, God said, look at the flowers in the field. Mm -hmm. Aren't you more precious than them? If they're thrown away in a few days and burned up, how much more precious are you? So I realized, you know what, even if they last a few days, God said, I made them to only last a few days so that you know, you're worthy of the beauty. You're worthy of my care. Mm. So now when I go shopping and I share this with my listeners, when you look at those flowers, it's not about, you know, treat yourself and being good to yourself. It's about the heavenly father made these for you. Mm. And it's only to last a few days to let you know you're worthy of it and your body will feel better. Let me tell you, Bonnie, there is a place that I drive by all the time and they have fresh flowers for sale and it's not a store. It's literally like a woman's. I look kind of, there's some land and it's her little cabin and she's, it's only during the spring. So there's not right now, obviously we're recording in January, but last year, a few times I found myself stopping by there just for myself and I put them on my counter and I don't know that I would have related it or thought anything about what you just said, but I will think about that forever now. And I will treat myself not because it's like treating myself, but to remind myself that God thinks that I am worthy of that. So that is just the tip of the day. I love it. Bonnie, Ooh. thank you so much for coming on the happy hour. You guys, I'm not kidding. Go pick up her book, Sweet Like Jasmine, Finding Identity in a Culture of Loneliness. This memoir is beautiful and just points us back to the love of the Father for us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. All right, you guys, I love that conversation. Don't forget to check out Bonnie's resource that she has for you over at sweetlikejasmine.com. Also, you like this podcast and you like listening to podcasts, check hers out. It's called Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Don't forget, I'm giving away a copy of her book and one of my books over on my Instagram page over the weekend. So check that out. I'm at Jamie Ivy. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.